0: This is the POV Hamilton Podcast, where we're sharing the Hamilton, Ontario point of view from businesses and entrepreneurship to life sciences and education to arts, culture, and media. Hamilton is thriving and there are countless stories to be shared of the people, businesses, and organizations making it happen. Here's whose point of view you'll be listening to today. Hi everyone, my name is Rachel Bartholomew. I am the founder and CEO of High Ivy Health. We're creating a data-driven pelvic rehab system for the one in three women who deal with some sort of pelvic floor complication or gynecological condition in her lifetime. Uh, We've created a full system that has a proprietary uh, medical device, that's a vaginal wand, a mobile app that patients use, and a software that clinicians use to remote monitor patients. So I was actually a entrepreneur before this. I had a company that I sold. Uh, I took a break and I told myself I was not going to start another company for a year and I failed. So I had went and actually started working, running a campus-linked accelerator. I had about 40 to 50 companies working under me. Um, After a year, I was like, what's next? And two weeks after leaving that job, I got a cervical cancer diagnosis From there, uh, I was rushed through the system pretty quickly. So I was on the operating table within a month and a half, um, was operated on, uh, and then had to do subsequent treatment in the process of healing from my surgery. I, you know, went on Facebook groups, uh, patient advocacy groups and just chatted about my situation and, and started to connect with these women and, really noticed that the aftercare piece of, of, you know, healing and recovering from a cancer diagnosis was so few and far between. And a device I had actually interacted with 11 years prior for a completely different situation was still the standard of care. And when I dug into it further, it was created by a man 84 years ago. And so <laughs> I was like, no wonder women hate this. No wonder it has like a 20% adherence rate. Um, no wonder they see it, it's cold, hard mechanical because A, it was created by man and B, it's painful and I hated using it. And now I had, this was my demise again. So I was like, okay, my body's not working, but my brain is like stuck in bed. Let's do some research. And so I did a lot of my primary and secondary research with these Facebook groups and doing the research on the medical system and how this is treated. And when I started my radiation treatments, you know, I was surrounded by doctors every single day. It's a full-time job. So I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to create the crappiest design for a product on a PowerPoint presentation go to them and pitch it to them. So it was funny. Um, one of the radiologists that we were working with Bruce, he was like lining me up under the, the lasers for the radiation machine. And I'm like, Hey, Bruce, you can't leave my side. Can I pitch you a product? Here's my product. What do you think? And I kind of forced him to listen to me. Um, but lo and behold, Bruce went, shared my idea across all of the pods. It got back to my oncologist who now is a PI on my clinical trials and kind of the rest is history. I knew I had both the patient problem and the clinic, um, you know, physician problem, um, covered and really had a deep understanding of what it is that I'm trying to do. Part of what makes the medical industry so complex is that why fix something if it's not broke, right? And I feel like that's kind of the sentiment that the industry seems to go off of. I mean, we've made so many innovations so rapidly in in cancer care and all of these things that are changing the way that we live but still there's so far to go. Like even going through radiation treatments, like it destroyed my body, the amount of problems that I deal with post-radiation. And I know we're gonna look back in like 20, 30 years, we're gonna have all, you know, immune-based therapies and go, why the hell did we like kill ourselves and, and create all these complications with these innovations, right? So, you know, it's, when I look at our problem that we're trying to solve, It's just been done the same way the entire time. But yet when you start to dig into it and you realize like the research and stuff just isn't there to support it. Um, And the data, I think the biggest piece is the data that's missing. You know, we you realize we have a long way to go. So my biggest goal with this was to not only create a product that can conduct therapy more comfortably, but more importantly, take the measurements Um, potentially get to a point where we can do diagnostics so that we can make real strides in women's health. That's data driven because it just doesn't exist out there. It's very few and far between. And that's, what's going to make the difference from med device to pharma to every, the way that we treat patients in bedside manner. Um, we've already seen it in our early testing data that we we've conducted that we can identify a number of data points that are correlating to a point where we can quantify things that have never been quantified before and that gets me excited that's what changes the pathway for women's health and helps make better products helps us serve women better um help save lives and so That's my big ultimate goal is to actually become a data company and our devices, which there are many in the works right now, a V2 of the current device, um, looking at colorectal applications, all of these things, they're just tools and a platform to get the data that we really need to advance women's health. I think the biggest challenge very early on, I mean, I, I. I don't come from the medical world right i am i say i'm a patient with an experience and really deciding to jump into this world i i really struggled with the concept of do i create a direct-to-consumer product that is wellness driven that doesn't make any medical claims Or do I create a product that is regulated? And what are the concepts of these things? And what do I need to understand as a CEO in these spaces? It was challenging to make that decision. I ultimately decided to make the decision to go medical first uh, and go through the regulatory pathways. And holy cow, now I know why people don't do it. Um, It is very, very difficult and it's a a huge, steep learning curve. Um, But it's something that I knew I needed to do for myself because A lot of the products that are out there right now are are direct to consumer. They're not medically valid. Uh, They don't have the proper clinical evidence. And when I think back to my journey as a cancer patient, um, and I I, I listen to some of the investors who will say, just go to Goop. Like, just sell it through Goop. Gwyneth Paltrow will back you. Um, Why wouldn't you do that and sell it like hotcakes? It's like, when I have a life or death situation ahead of me, the last person I'm turning to is Gwyneth Paltrow in Goop. I'm sorry, Gwyneth Paltrow, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, but I'm sorry. <laughs> so what actually happened first was I went to, um, I went to McMaster uh, and did what is now called the clinic, uh, and essentially worked through the health venture program, uh, really diving into like all the considerations from a medical device perspective, but also getting the basics of you know startup world again. Now that I haven't went through it in about a year and a bit, right? So um, that's where I started. They let me know about Innovation Factory. Um, went over there, got connected and, you know, they said, Hey, there's this synapse life sciences, uh, comp- pitch competition. Uh, why don't you participate? And I said, okay, sure. Um, signed up, got in, we did the boot camp, and essentially went through and ended up winning, like, I don't know, third place or second place. I don't know. I don't remember, but that was kind of the first pitch competition. And in, in the life sciences s- space that we, we won, um, it was my, second competition that I ended up winning with this business plan, um, and really realized, Hey, like I got, I got something here. I can keep going with this. And then, you know, as I started connecting with the executives and residents and the mentors, um, they really became really critical pieces to my puzzle and trying to figure out these early workings of, you know, that flip-flop between the direct-to-consumer versus the medical device first. Um, you know, I I ended up calling up Ng Goping, who's an amazing, amazing human who has worked through this a thousand times over and said, Ng, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, please, please help me. And, you know, he actually gave me a crash course in FDA and health Canada and what I need to think about and consider. And now you know i've learned more than i think i ever should know about this stuff but he was really that catalyst of someone i turned to who just like told it to me how it is eliminated all the crap and just said this is what you need to focus on and what you need to learn in order to get there so um that really stabilized me um in the direction that i took when i decided to do medical device first and it's funny because now people go, you don't come from this world and yet, you know, so much. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea <laughs> where it's come from in, in the last two years. So a lot of that has to do with the the support that I got from IF. So some of the services that uh, IF has been able to provide me, you know, it's really been the mentorship piece of this connecting with people, not only who've done this a thousand times over in their own professional careers, but also other companies in the space that have done this, you know, really connecting into a network with Synapse um, of people who are dealing with the ins and outs of what you need to be a, a medical device and understand the complexities of it. Um, I think connecting with investors, connecting with The Forge at McMaster has been huge for me as well. And just creating a network of support and community members um, who are going through similar struggles. You know, I walk into IF and I feel like it's home, like everybody is, is wanting to chat and really get into the nitty gritty of things. You know, funding has been a huge piece of it as well, helping not only with connections to investors, but also just funding support in general. Um, and then, yeah, I think, you know, IF has also stepped up and took a project off my hands, which was Femtech Canada, um, which I started, um, about a year ago and really just was a one person show trying to bring together a series of, Um, companies in a database to highlight what is femtech in Canada. We have our own medical system and a whole bunch of people working in this space, but nobody really exclusively highlighting them. And when Andrea uh, guest came in and started working at IF, you know, she, she came to me and said, Hey, do you want to do something with Femtech Canada? And they said, please, let's, let's do this. And so um, David Carter, Andrea and team have been amazing getting this back up and running and leveraging it to the next level. Um, and now, you know, we're 60 plus companies. We've had over like 99 people sign up for our round tables and we're really trying to push it as a Canada wide initiative and thinking about large problems. Like, Indigenous women's health and um, how do we support coast to coast women who may have an idea in a white space like menopause and women's mental health that almost no companies are working on in Canada um, and, and really help with that. And so that wouldn't have gotten to that level without that support with IF. The SOPHIE program is a partnership between uh, the federal government and Innovation Factory and Innovation Factory allocates the funding out to companies that are looking to conduct medical and, and clinical research. So SOPHIE um, actually came out of the woodworks after a couple steps had been taken uh, working with Innovation Factory and the Forge at McMaster. Um, What had happened was uh, I had reached out to um, the Milo team, which is kind of like an innovation uh, transfer office at McMaster that I was connected to from Innovation Factory in the Forge and essentially said, hey, I need to do clinical trials. Um, I have no idea where to begin and where to start in terms of finding, you know, PIs and and researchers who can really take this on. And so they had actually done a lot of the heavy lifting for me, reaching out to everyone in my space in the the McMaster and and Hamilton Health Sciences Network, uh, specifically the Hamilton Health Sciences Innovation Team. And they got a hit and it was the endometriosis clinic run by Dr. Leonardi at McMaster And we did some presentations and said, Hey, let's do this. Let's, let's do our first clinical trial. And we had our first clinical trial on the books, which was amazing. Um, So we have yet to start it. We're going to hopefully be starting in the next couple months, but we had started framing out what a protocol could look like and setting up all of the, the details. And then all of a sudden, Sophie popped up and essentially they brought forward the ability to have funding cover the clinical trial, which is very, very expensive. You don't realize how expensive these things are um, to go through and the kind of length of time it takes to get through it. And that really bridged a huge gap for us as a very early company that was just uh, starting to pick up, you know, the ability to go out and fundraise and with nothing else in our pockets and knowing that we can still make traction that can make huge impact on the value of our company and and you know the valuation that we have to investors our business is currently in the middle of uh manufacturing it's been a little bit of a challenge because of covid um we're on the pathway of becoming a class two medical device we're going for fda and health canada approval um, in three different beachhead target patient markets. Um, you know, we have over over 900 uh, you know patients working with us as well as over 85 clinicians uh, who are providing us feedback on the product. Um, we have six clinical trials currently in the works. Um, so two of them about to launch in the next couple of months, uh, one on cancer patients, one on endometriosis. Um, and we're hoping and starting to frame out larger clinical trials for the future. So looking at things like RCTs that will really help us expand our patient indications for use with the regulatory fairs. We're we're raising another round, so uh, we are going out and doing our seed round. Unfortunately, it's been a little bit challenging because of the recession, um, but really kind of just plugging away with that and you know, our, one of our first investors in our first round was a pharma company out of the EU. So, uh, you know, they're reaching out and trying to work through distribution. And um, these are the types of things that we're looking to do uh, alongside a lot of the R&D work that we're doing internally, working on new devices, working on the value of the data for measurement and diagnostic purposes. So uh, there's a lot going on Um All great stuff. I'm hoping by next year, we can start to commercialize in our target populations. My previous founder experience, I mean, was so different than this. Um, It was in a different industry, right? I was in automotive, I was doing a solely software project. Um, You know, I I really, you know, with the first company, um, made a lot of mistakes. Uh, and learn from those mistakes very quickly. Uh, And I knew if I were to do this again, I would make sure to do everything opposite That I did kind of that first time around um, that I knew I could do to, you know, go out and raise money because I never raised money before uh, with my first company. Um, But I also understood the value of like growth and handing the company over to somebody else. Right. But I think the biggest piece for that, that transferred over to why I, you know, came up with this idea and immediately got my car and went to Hamilton was the value of community. Um, and I waited so long with my first company to get integrated into a community and that community, you know, ultimately led to the acquisition that I went through being integrated, being there, the exposure, the community, um, all of the things that it can provide is what got me where I needed to be with my first company and eventually got me to, you know, where I am now with my, with my second company. Hi Hi Ivy. It's interesting because when I think about the lessons, it's almost like I, I relearned them or at least they were solidified from the first to the second. So, like, talk to people immediately. Do not wait till your product is perfect. Um, get out of the building and talk right away and talk to anyone who will listen to you. Uh That's the reason why we got the traction we got so early on, um, the value of minimum viable products, MVPs, uh, and using that. Um, I think knowing that your business model will be an ever changing thing. It's never going to be the same thing the next week. Uh, and it's constantly going to, to change. So don't be married to it. Um, take advice, fail quick. Um, For me, especially if you're going into an industry, you don't know, talk to everybody and anybody who will give you advice. It's very exhausting. And I get that there's like mentorship fatigue, but at the same time, that, that is what kind of knocked me around and made me feel very educated to make a decision. And so I knew every single pro and con to every decision I had to make and I could, justify and solidify why I made that decision based off of all the conversations I had with mentors. And know when to put your head down and just be like, okay, mentors, I've I've had enough mentorship. Um I now need to do my thing. Uh and and really just kind of focus in on what you need to do. And I think, you know, on a bigger perspective, the person you want to be as a leader um, and the value of of leadership and culture and that you as a founder are that person that frames that. I always say taking a risk, doesn't need to be jumping off a cliff without a parachute. Um, It can be very strategic and calculated and done properly. And, I don't know, does it become a risk at that point, right? Uh, And I think that's part of it. Um, Going out, talking to people, like I, I will literally say that again and again and again. If you're not talking to people about your idea, you're not talking to everybody and hearing every single side of it, you're not doing your job. I think really working on your leadership skills is so important. You know, we don't realize that in business and creating a business that pretty much all you do is work with people. And so who are you as a person? How do you take advice? How do you absorb? How do you learn? How do you counsel others below you to, to help you facilitate your job? Cause you can't do it all. And even now I'm, I'm underwater and wishing I had 10,000 more people to work with me, but, um, yeah, it's a lot of work and it's very rewarding. Um, but it does have its up and ups and downs and knowing when to draw the line and to focus on your mental health. And I think like when it comes to medical and femtech and all these things, like please more people. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing is we need more people doing this work. Um we need more people innovating and wanting to pull up their socks and go the medical route and I know it's big and it's scary and it's unknown, but like if anything I'm I'm proving that it's, it can be done and it can be learned and you can do it. And if I'm an idiot and can do it, then you can do it too. Um, so, you know, just throwing yourself into it and don't underestimate your value of like being a patient that goes through it. If you are a patient, um, but it's very much something that you can learn and very much something that you can go through and you don't need to come. I I, I don't think it's even medical. You don't need to come from any industry background in order to learn an industry and make something that could be impactful. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And please consider rating and reviewing as it helps others to find the show. For more information or to listen to past episodes, go to povhamilton.com.